This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Identity theft is rife in South Africa with nearly half of consumers having either fallen victim to identity theft or knowing who has, according to TransUnion Research. Kribben Reddy, a senior director at TransUnion, is joining us on the show to give us insights on how we can keep our identity safe during a crisis. Thank you so much, Mr. Reddy, for joining us here on the COVID report. Now, firstly, types of identity theft include criminal, medical, financial and child identity theft. What do each of these identity thefts entail and which ones are common during our current state of lockdown? Um, I think there's, there's a number of different ways that fraudsters you know, try to steal somebody, someone's identity as the ones that you pointed out already. I think what's, what's more general comment to make first is that one, it, you, you're 100% correct in saying that it's rife in South Africa and this is whether we're in a pandemic or not, right? It's just that during the pandemic, uh, fraudsters then take advantage of a different angle or a different uh, you know, uh, commentary or a different content that they can put out to actually entice consumers to click on a link or uh, you know, uh, read an article or take a call with a, with a potential you know, fraudster or scamster, etc. They use the content that's relevant to the context that we're in to bring people in. And then they'll, they'll use it for a number of different purposes or once they steal your ID. The most common you know, thing actually why people's identity, uh, identities do get stolen is for the purpose of taking on credit on behalf of a creditworthy individual. So some, uh, a fraudster would steal your, your identity and would then use that in a credit application and there's a number of ways, you know, that they would do that. And, and often they might merge uh, data or information from, you know, a few consumers to make up a new identity. But in essence, they would then use that information to take on credit on behalf of you. And it could be, you know, a, a small amount as, as, as small as a personal loan or a store card, etc., the challenge is, unfortunately, sometimes it could even go end up into larger assets and larger amounts. It could actually extend right into a vehicle asset finance and, and the purchase of a vehicle. It could even extend into a fraudulent activity due to the purchasing of a property, uh, as an example. Insightful stuff. Now, consumers are doing a lot of their purchases online, especially now under lockdown. I think back to lockdown level five, where hardly any shops were um, open, save for the odd grocery store here and there. And a lot of the shopping that, the, the very little shopping that consumers could do had to be done online. How can one know when their identity has been stolen? Yes, yeah, so definitely. So there's two things that actually, you know, is driving the current context. One, the first to your point, online shopping is happening, you know, more online. And that's uh, generally across the entire retail market. The second is, is that, you know, by the, by default, as we work more from home, and even as as uh, sort of employees, uh, you know, we, we're working from home and we're constantly now in a digital environment and on our laptops, etc. That also is sort of driving, you know, an increase in fraud and and online digital fraud, etc. So the first telling point of uh, that your ID- identity is possibly uh, has been breached or stolen, etc. Actually, is is a very uh, reactive thing, and it's it's almost when consumers try to apply for something. So, so you will try to apply for a, a, a cell phone account or a credit card or a store account. 
and it's through the process of po- of you possibly getting declined is that when you realize you know that your identity has actually been stolen and someone else has taken on credit as an example uh, with your identity and has put you now in a worse position because obviously payments wouldn't have been made and then you would have ended up in a, in a default situation um in a collection situation, and that's now not allowing you to take on new credit. Some of the other things is, you know, it could you could be um, uh, going through a job application process, as an example, and someone pulls information about you that shows in a negative or adverse way. Obviously, you were not the one that that acted on or perpetrated th- those different acts, but it comes up on your profile or, or your information. You could start receiving calls, as an example, of, for outstanding money or for accounts that you know you never took took on uh, as an example. So there's a whole lot of telltale signs that uh, can alert an individual possibly to the fact, you know, that uh, that someone else has taken their identity and breached it. And then there's a, a, another way of, of actually understanding and, and there's a proactive way of understanding it. So every bureau in the country, as an example, has got a tool um, and, and they provide as a service as to where you can actually firstly pull your credit report uh, at no cost once a year. And immediately, if you pull that report, you've got a view of all your accounts, et cetera, but you also have a view of credit provider or credit lender or for any purpose that your profile was inquired on. So you'll know exactly when it was done, you'll know who did it, and you'll have almost a stamp on that report. If you pull your free report and you see something in there that doesn't look right and doesn't look like an application that you put in, you know that someone else has done it fraudulently and it's cause for concern and you should take action. The other way of proactively doing it is that there's also a service through the bureaus, which is called an alert service. It's also at no cost. Uh, So TransUnion, as an example, is offering it to consumers now at no cost. And if you register for this product, what happens is, is that in real time, it will send you an alert. So it sends you an SMS and an email, et cetera, notifying at exactly the point when your profile does get inquired on or a check does happen. And if you get that that message back to you immediately, you know, if you were the one that put in an application, it's less cause for concern because you know that your profile is being checked legitimately. If, however, you did not put in an application and you get a SMS or an email, uh, you know, from the relevant bureau uh, alerting you that someone is inquiring on your profile, if it wasn't you, you know, then also it's, it's it pro- probably highly likely that it's a fraudulent activity about to occur. Now, Kribben, what are popular targets for fraudsters and where are they most likely to use your identity after fraudulently obtaining it? So the, the first thing I think, you know, fraudsters don't really discriminate. Any consumer, uh, consumer's identity that uh, is put in a position that seems to be easier to be stolen, you know, fraudsters uh, target and attack that. And I must say that this is, you know, equally as corporates and as businesses try to solve this problem and try to put measures in place, you know, to 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 stop it, um, you know, criminals and fraudsters do the same, right? So they're constantly looking at ways to try and target consumers, etc. So actually, you know, everyone is at risk. Some of the more common places you would be at risk, and some things that you should try to avoid. So as an example. When you, you, you know, use a, a platform or a digital platform or website, et cetera, that requires a password, make sure that you're checking it on regular intervals. Make sure you're keeping to, the, to a standard that provides a strong or a strength in the password. Make sure you change it regularly, et cetera. Uh, when you're using an e-commerce platform, 
um, like an like a, a retailing website, etc. You know, some some websites, if you look just in the address bar, the URL of the of the website, ensure that it's got an HTTPS. The S actually means that this that the platform is secured, and then that provider, platform provider, that website provider has done all the necessary things that they need to do to make sure, in essence, that you then secured when you use that platform. Um, as, as a sort of blanket rule, um, you know, any email, which, and this is a, a very common thing that happens, you know, widely uh, by, by frauds just to try and target individuals, any email that comes to you uh, that looks to be from a bank or from a financial service provider or from your insurer, as an example, that uh, is asking or requesting of you to put in your personal information you know, uh, and, and provide them or by clicking a link, et cetera. And, and it's not necessarily an email. It could be an SMS. Even more uh, recently, you know, it could even be a WhatsApp message as, a, as an example that gets sent to you. I think the blank rule, you know, around that, it doesn't matter what channel you get this through, whether it's email, an SMS, et cetera. And it doesn't matter how legit it looks, at, at, you know, with your bank logo, et cetera, on it. Your bank, as, as a blanket rule, will never send you a message like that. Um, requesting that you put in, you click a link and you put in your personal details. It's against their policies and it's against their security policies. And I think, you know, consumers would just just take the the, the standard rule that if you get it, you can almost 100% guarantee that it's fraudulent in nature. And if not, you know, you can also always then just inquire about it before you engage and click on the link or download something, et cetera. Just, you know, call up the bank, you can check. The other thing to secure yourself also is a lot of websites today and a lot of uh, platforms deploy what's called a two-factor or multi-factor authentication. And basically what it means is, is that one means would be, let's say you, you're putting and creating a password to enter the site. Multi-factor would be, you know, the, the platform also sends you a message via SMS that you need to accept or reject, et cetera. And, then that, and you could add a number of different factors on top of it. It could even extend right into biometric as an example. I think the message for consumers uh, in general would be, you know, although these mechanisms exist, some, sometimes you don't have to, uh, it's not mandatory to use every one of them, right? But the thing is, if if you want to protect your identity and yourself digitally, you have to make sure that you're using, uh, you know, as much of this as possible. So the ba- the banks, as an example, can put out as many of these things as they can. But if consumers don't take them up and use them, it actually defeats the purpose because it doesn't doesn't protect you. And I think the last point I would want to make is just something that I referred to earlier. You know, the ability for you to get your free credit report score, etc., and check who's inquiring on you. Uh, the ability to, for you to register and sign up for this alerts product. Those are free services. They're relatively very easy to register for and sign up, easily accessible. Uh, you know, once you have them, you can continue to, to, to use them, you know, for, for quite a long period. It's not sort of just for once-off events, uh, as an example. So I'd encourage everyone, you know, as well that's listening to actually go on, register, get their free report, sign up for the, for the alerts product. And at least in that way also, you know, you proactively preventing, uh, you know, yourself from being a victim of identity theft. Now, Kribben, you've just touched on the various ways in which um, consumers can, go, can ensure that their identity doesn't get stolen. In the event that they suspect that their identity has been stolen, what are the measures that they can put in place to rectify that? Yeah, thanks for that question. That's actually a really good question because, I mean, there are obviously instances where you're going to find yourself that, uh, you know, you you possibly believe it's been stolen or actually evidence, uh, an explicit evidence, you know, that you you were a victim of identity theft. I think the first part of the process is to actually start 
um, reporting it. And if you know, you know, all the different care providers or, or wherever you're holding an account as an example, you should start contacting them, stopping or, or, or freezing those accounts, uh, as it were, and report it to each of them that you potentially be a, a victim of theft. The next thing you should do is actually start to change your passwords and your logins on, on any platforms that you use, your banking profile, etc., because at that point, you might not know the full extent of the breach and how much of information of yours has been breached. So you should try to cover as many of, this, of these channels or these accounts or these uh, you know, different services as possible. So try and change your passwords, etc. You should also open a case within police service uh, and at your local or nearest police station. The reality is, is that uh, um, identity theft and uh, cybercrime etc. is a prosecutable offense in, in South African law. So you, sh- you should report it. You can also report yourself to the South African Fraud Prevention Services. Um, and they, they monitor all individuals that have been a victim of identity theft, etc. So that there's a, a common uh, understanding of the extent of the issue and each individual that has been uh, checked. You know, uh, account lenders and credit lenders, etc. also check those databases regularly when applications come in to try and understand if they're taking on someone that possibly, you know, was a victim or a fraudster is using somebody else's information as an example. So reporting it to these different places does, uh, does all value. Those are some of the things you could do. And then obviously report it to the credit bureau as well. So you can report it to TransUnion or any of the other bureaus. So there is also an understanding that uh, your, your, report can then be monitored as a victim of identity theft. And if any further transactions come in, that can be looked at as well. Alongside all that you have suggested, what else can be done? Is it possible for one to reclaim or recover their identity after it has been stolen? So that is definitely possible. And, you know, there's there's a number of different ways you can do it. And one of the things, you know, we always say to consumers as well, that they should you know, to educate themselves around firstly what the issue is and two, how they can protect themselves. So if you do a little bit of research, you know, locally as well, you'll find that there's a couple of different products on the market. TransUnion has its own product as well that actually facilitates the full end-to-end process. So the first part of it is actually putting in the necessary monitoring in place to alert you, and that's the alerts product, that to alert you that if, you know, something is about to occur, Unfortunately, you know, that's not uh, foolproof and, and, and a fraudster can still end up uh, stealing someone's identity, etc. In the event that it does get stolen, the use of, of some of these products, what it actually does, and, and True ID is a transunion product, what it will actually do is it'll take care of all the reporting in between, you know, the freezing of accounts, the full investigation of and, uh, you know, wh- where your account or your information has been breached to open up an account, etc. So the entire full end-to-end process is handled as well as reporting it to the necessary authorities, etc., as well as a period of restitution which, and, and restoration, which then attempts to put you back in exactly the same position that you were prior to your ID get, getting stolen. So, look, the, the, it is challenging for a consumer to take it on, on their own because you have to deal with all the various entities and uh, you know, every account that you hold, you have to do the reporting yourself, etc. If you don't have a product uh, or a service, you know, that, that you've subscribed to that will do it for you. Alternatively, you know, a much easier way to do it is to look into one of these these products, because then in the event if it happens, you can actually be a, a rest assured that, that there's a full process in place. 
uh, you know, sort of handled by professionals that'll actually get you back into the position that you were prior to the event taking place. Now, Cribben, you touched on this earlier when you talked about um, the credit score um, sites that you can, you can relatively easily and freely register for and the mechanisms as far as checking your credit report. As far as that is concerned, can you please take us through why we should check our credit report, our credit report regularly and how this can help in preventing or identifying fraudulent activities? Absolutely. So the first thing is, you know, to, to, from a transunion perspective, to get access to it, you can just go onto our website, www.transunion.com. Um, alternatively, you can call our contact center. Um, but, so there's a number of ways to reach out to us. But the reasons as to why a person or an individual would want to get this access free, and I know the conversation today is largely centered around identity, but the reality is, you know, especially in the current context of, of, uh, of COVID-19, and as we find ourselves possibly financially uh, stressed or strained, et cetera, and consumers find themselves in a whole lot of different situations, having access to your credit information is probably more vital now than, than ever before. So the first thing is that, a good credit uh, score and a good credit report firstly entitles you or, or enables you rather and empowers you to get credit. So the first point is around access to credit. And if you sort of take care of your credit worthiness uh, in the event that you do need to take on a loan. And, and remember, uh, credit and, and debt is not only negative because it could be for the purpose of purchasing an asset. It could be for taking out a student loan. There's a number of reasons why people you know, take on loans as an example. But maintaining that score and that report, firstly, gives you access to be able to get it. If you need to purchase a vehicle to uh, commute to work and back, there's a whole number of reasons that a, a person would want to better their life. And a good credit standing enables you and empowers you to be able to do that. So the first point is around access. The second is around the cost to credit. So, you know, uh, a bank will, uh, as, a, as, a, as a lender, as an example, gives consumers different interest rates based on your personal profile and your credit behavior, as an example. So the better the, the score and the better the report and the better the credit history, the better the interest rate you get. And interest rate, you know, in, in very simple terms, equals to what you will pay back on a monthly uh, premium or a monthly installment back on a car or a property or a, uh, a student loan, et cetera. And it actually translates back into a saving because the better the interest rate, the lower the installment. And effectively, you, you, you pay less. So that's the core purpose and reason of why consumers should empower themselves, you know, with, with accessing this report for free, managing it regularly, um, understanding, you know, what's the current state. And if it's not in the best position right now, having the report allows you to understand what do you do to, to change to get it into a better position down the line if you're looking to take on credit down the line. I think that's, that's the first perspective. The second one then is around protecting your identity. Some, some information on your credit report, as an example, is your personal information. So it's your contact details, et cetera, making sure that's accurate, you know, is, is of importance because when the report gets shared, you know, other institutions know that there's accuracy in the contact data and it is reflective of the person whose report it is. Um, you uh, checking the report for the previous inquiries, as an example, is an indicator to you as to who is inquired on your profile and then could lead into possibly that, you know, your information was breached or someone tried to apply for credit on your behalf, etc. And it's possibly a fraudulent 
transaction. So there's a whole host of reasons as to why a consumer would, is better off actually, you know, pulling their report regularly and making sure. The first, it, just to summarize, is around the access to credit and, and uh, the, the affordability of the credit uh, that you get. The second is around you protecting your own information and your own identity. Thank you for that, Kribben. And lastly, can your identity be stolen only through acquiring one's credit report or are there other means of one's identities being stolen? So the short answer is no. There's a number of different ways uh, that a fraudster would attempt to steal someone's identity. Um, and there's a number of different mechanisms. Um, you could receive a call as an example. So it's a fraudulent call center that's set up. They are impersonating a bank or a financial services uh, uh, institution, and they call you inquiring about your information. And unknowingly, consumers, you know, would, would pass that information over to the contact center agent. Um, a fraudster could send you an, an email and attempt to, to, you know, to steal it in that way. More commonly, and and some of the stuff that's coming out now during COVID, is it even, you know, through your cell phone, as an example, getting stolen. Uh, the fraudster would go through your phone to try and understand what personal information has been stored on this device. It could be images, it could be whatever it is, you know, that they can scrape and pull off the device and use that as a means to steal your identity. You could have written your password down on a piece of paper or a post-it note, you know, and just stuck it at the back of your laptop as an example. Uh, when you were applying for credit at a store, you could have written something down, you know, and left it behind as an example. A copy of your ID could have been made and, you know, you inadvertently just, just uh, left it somewhere or, or it was stolen from your trash as an, as an example. So there's a number of different ways actually that your identity can be stolen. And the key message would be is that, you know, equally, it doesn't matter what, what mechanism a fraudster would use, but uh, consumers should be equally conscious of the fact that constantly, you know, there's there's a, a, an element of of crime that's happening, and an element where, you know, that actively uh, these these scamsters or fraudsters are trying to attempt to steal your identity in a number of different ways. So proactively looking at it and educating yourself, uh, you know, around it is the best, probably the best approach. More so also that we, you know, uh, live in a digital world, and we will continue at a much higher rate to engage on e-commerce websites or, you know, transact digitally. So we definitely would be more prone and more at risk, but also then we, we sort of need to be, you know, you know, more proactive about it and understand uh, how this, how the, it can happen. And then what can you, what are the steps you can take to look at it proactively and prevent it as much as possible from happening. And then in the event that it does happen, look at what, what services are available out there that can help, actually help you, you know, restore and recover your, your identity in the event if you do become a victim. Identity theft is on the rise in South Africa. But if you arm yourself with enough information, enough knowledge and enough know-how on how to detect and possibly prevent it from happening to you, then we can confidently keep a lid on it. We've just been joined by Cribben Reddy, who is the Senior Director at TransUnion. And uh, he joined us on the show to give us an insight on how we can keep our identity safe during this global pandemic. Cribben, thank you so much for joining us here on the COVID Report. Thank you so much for shedding some light on this absolutely important conversation around identity theft. And thank you again for your time.
Thank you so much for having me. It is a real pleasure. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1. Or stream via www.varfm.co.za.